Hi, I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this is The The Main Main Scoop. Welcome back to The Main Scoop Podcast. Today we're back uh, after roughly about a month-long break. And, oh, it's been interesting. But, yeah, so now we're back with our good friend Nathan Miller. Hey, hey. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, so, Nathan, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So, as I said, my name is Nathan. Um, I am a junior at UMD, currently going for a degree in chemical engineering. Nerd. I, I'm a self-professed nerd, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I'm actually taking a year off of school right now on an internship um, at a paper mill known as Sappy. Uh, it's in Cloquet. I'm enjoying it right now, so it's been a really interesting year. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so we've mentioned on this podcast several times that Nathan and I lead a Bible study, but we also participate in a, in a Bible study that is led by you. Yeah, it's been such a great time having you guys. It's been probably my favorite Bible study I've had with you guys. We, 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 we paid him to say that. Yeah. <laughs> also, the main scoop is the best podcast. <laughs> Tuesday nights at the, at the Wizards of Waverly Avenue house. We have some great conversations and, well, usually about a half hour of randomness and then a half hour of study. Yeah, and we, we got to start dialing that back a bit, but it's been a lot of fun and we've been collating it with Brett and I think we've just had such a good, fruitful experience, even though, yeah, we get on, we get on tangents. There's a lot of, there's even a lot of fruit in that too. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have a pretty decently long quote board of random stuff that we've said throughout the semester so far and then if if i read some of them it'd be quite oh yeah, yeah it, we, it would make sense to add like half them. of them yeah we need up need all of our them. we need up all of our runtime with him and, reading it and then us having to explain, to explain the context behind it but because yeah, oh, they're quite interesting ones <laughs> unplug the wi-fi and plug in the garlic bread <laughs> So we'll leave that without well, any Yeah, comments. we'll yes. leave that one there. Um, yeah, this was this is also our first episode since we were on break. So, um, yeah, we had Christmas and New Year's in between that. Mm. Yeah, which definitely were quite interesting this year with COVID and everything, making things quite different for everyone, I imagine. Yeah, my family usually goes to Costa Rica uh, just to visit family and stuff. Well, extended family. Um we don't go to Costa Rica to visit each other. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd clarify that. Um, Let's go visit each other in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. We weren't able to go this year, obviously. And so while we were while we were at home, we were just thinking, yeah, around this time, we'd be chilling on the beach. And now we have a decent amount of snow in our yard and mm-hmm. stuff like that that was kind of depressing to think about. But yeah. it's fine. Yeah. This, that yeah. was the wor- worst part. That was the rough part about, like, this year, like, over New Year's. Like, seeing all kinds of, like, Snapchat memories or just seeing pictures from last year when me, when me and Nathan were down in Phoenix. I know. I was like, thinking about that. Like, seeing all that for the SLS conference, just seeing all that. It's like, oh, like, today I climbed the Camelback Mountains a year ago. I was thinking. But now I'm sitting in my house. Yeah. <laughs> cold. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, it was, like, December 30th and I oh. look at my phone. No, I looked at my water bottle and I had an SLS sticker on it. Oh, it's yeah. It's December 30th. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, we were in Phoenix Mm-hmm. last year it's been so quick it does seem like it's gone by really quick since all that it also feels like a very slow painful eternity <laughs> <laughs> yep 
hopefully next year we'll be able to go somewhere nice like that again. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, right now we can uh, go to Zoom. Yes, we can go to Zoom and, well, for Seek this year, we are or, getting a Or, hey, you can go to Zoom, you can go to Google Hangouts, you can go to FaceTime. You got a lot of options out there. True, you do. Only one of them is really viable. <laughs> FaceTime. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone has iPhone products. Yeah, right, Nathan? No, I, I hate iPhone and I hate all of you. <laughs> Oof. Well, we did not pay him to say that. Don't do this, Apple, please. <laughs> So Nathan, what do you have for us today? Yeah, so I wanted to bring up my favorite Bible passage, which is John 21. So kind of what happens in John 21, just as a recap, is kind of starts with the apostles going out fishing at night. You have, this is actually after um, the resurrection, and we have kind of a repeat of something that happened before the resurrection, where they go out and fish, and they fish all night, and they catch nothing. Um, And this time, though, they come back to shore and Peter catches a glance of someone on shore and he recognizes that it's Jesus and all the apostles go back and they have breakfast breakfast with him, I believe. And uh, the, the big part for me is the part right after breakfast where um, Peter and Jesus have the reconciliation and um, Jesus asked Peter if he loves him um, three times. And yeah, so I kind of wanted to just talk about that and a lot to cover there so Mm -hmm. yeah initially when you brought this up i thought back to our bible study because right now what we're doing is we're going through the whole gospel of john section by section (laughs) and in in all we started this last semester and um how how far have we gotten do we do we get to chapter four yet I don't know. Oh, so, uh, no, we didn't. We have one section we're about left to in chapter three. Chapter four. So we started on in John 1, and we haven't made it to John 4 yet. Because there were so many sections in John 1. We take it, like, section by section. So, like, each of the headings, not, like, we don't, like, each study is, like, a little bit of, like, the, like, the next, the beginning of John 4 is the Samaritan woman. So we'd, like, read the whole story of that and then go on to the second sign at Cana after that, all that. So mm-hmm. we take it section by section so that's taken us quite a while (laughs) yeah so we've been one of the ongoing jokes with our bible study is we're just gonna be old guys sitting in our nursing home finally finishing the gospel of john (laughs) so we just teleported into the future to do this yes and of course john 21 being the final book of the john's gospel it's Mm -hmm. like oh so we're getting ahead of it (laughs) it's unprecedented i think there's three sections we're doing all in one go yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is way too much actually so you didn't know this when you started listening to this episode but this is a three-part episode so (laughs) one section at a time we're just recording our our bible studies (laughs) yes (laughs) i I wouldn't want to do (laughs) my grandma my jesus didn't teach me that or my grandma did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i actually think that we did share that joke i think so we might have with if you if you haven't listened to uh, i think that was an abby bomer's episode um if you want context for that you can find it by listening to abby's episode um but anyways apart from plugging our own podcast <laughs> one of the things that just struck me like right out of the gate with this is in the first verse of this uh, section of the of John 21, um, he specifies that this is happening in the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. And while I was in Israel, we took a whole uh, day just around the Sea of Galilee in that region. And while I was there, we went to 
a church that commemorates this scene um, that's on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And um, I was looking through my journal entry from that, and I was um, reflecting on just how much of Peter's formation occurred around the Sea of Galilee. Because, you know, um, you were alluding to what happened before the resurrection with when Jesus called Peter um, to be his disciple. I mean, that was a huge turning point in Peter's life. Um, but also you got the whole Sermon on the Mount happening there. Um, you got Peter having this huge heroic moment of telling Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Um, and like all of these moments happening around this um, Peter walking on water is another big one yeah. that I almost forgot to mention. But like you got all of these moments and now here this is the last chapter in John's Gospel as Nate was saying. Um, and it's this uh, like last piece of Peter's formation again occurring on the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, and it's so interesting too because it's kind of repeated history and it, it's just so interesting because obviously the big the thing you have to keep in mind is this is after Peter had denied Jesus three times. This is the pretty much the first time he's seen him since then. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating to me that you use this passage looking back at the very first time that Jesus met Peter. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like saying, Peter, you're still kind of back when I first met you. Like how much have you really grown? You know, there's a lot that's going on there. Um, and really I'd say this whole passage as I'm sure we'll end up talking about it. It's kind of like a microcosm of Peter's whole apostleship. Mm -hmm. Like You're starting with kind of where we first met Peter and then you go into you know, his forgiveness and eventually Jesus will kind of foretell his own death. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, gosh. In, in the gospel, it kind of like starts where it starts and ends at the same place for this with Jesus and Peter, like where they portray it is they meet there. And that's the last thing you hear in the gospels of Jesus actually interacting with Peter is mm -hmm. in the same place. And like what I find really interesting about what you said, Nathan, was um, th just how personal this encounter was with with Peter specifically, because you know, Jesus did appear to the other disciples and Peter was there. But um, when that's referenced in scripture, it's more of like a general appearance to all the disciples. General appearance, um, saluting. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, but this is Jesus very uh, particularly, specifically and personally, um, intentionally going up to... Uh, Peter and having this encounter with him, having this discussion with him. And like you said, Peter's still kind of in that same spot that he was when he was first called. Yeah, I think a great indicator of that is um, what Peter says in verse three, where he says, I'm going fishing. And to me, that's just so there's a depth to that because that can be taken a couple ways. One could just be like, you know, Peter's still, he's always, he's always been a fisherman. He loves his fishing. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, one way I like to interpret it is like, in a sense, like an escapism from his own actions that he took, you know, it's kind of a way not to think about the fact that he denied Jesus. Like he's going all the way back in a sense to before he even met him, if that yeah. makes sense. Like he, he'd been fishing probably many, many years before he ever met Jesus. And it's like, oh gosh, I denied the Lord. I was the one who said I was going to be there right by his side. And look what I've done. I denied him. I'm I'm going to go back fishing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's, that's quite interesting, yeah. And then there's a whole other aspect of just, like, thinking about, like, 
what Jesus told, like with the go go and be fishers of men, that whole aspect of it too is like you could take I guess in a way take like I'm going fishing him of uh, Peter kind of just saying okay I'm going out I'm going fishing and yes it's the literal terminal like what he's actually going to do is go fishing actually and catch the fish but like you could take it as he's talking about doing that uh, going out and trying to form disciples and bring people towards Jesus himself in a way too. Or you can also take it with, um, I'm going fishing, just thinking, well, I know that I got this call to be a fisher of man, Mm -hmm. but Peter might have been in this place where he just feels like, well, that's what I was called to, but I've screwed that up. So I'm just not going to bother doing that. I guess I'm back to just being a fisher of fish. Fisher of fish. <laughs> Revolutionary terminology Very here on the main soup. <laughs> I thought he was a fisher of a shrimp. <laughs> in Gal in the Sea of Galilee. A shrimp. Fisher of cows. Ooh. That's what we are in Wisconsin. We're fishers of cows. Good for that. <laughs> fishers of cheese and beer. I just love um in it um in what verse is this? Verse six. Um, cast when he says he said to them cast the nets out to the right side and you will find uh find something and then they pull in it's just like oh so like if, if <laughs> you can look at it in a joking way almost like Jesus tells him go to that side of the, there's gonna be fish over there just go to the other side of the boat yeah. like <laughs> you can look at it that way <laughs> or you can look at it like how it's actually like the more deeper meaning to why Jesus is saying it of course <laughs> being like Trust, put your trust in me and I will mm-hmm. provide for you. Yeah. I'm almost like picturing a cartoon of it kind of like cuts through the water and you see the boat and then you see nothing on one, one side. side. <laughs> and all the fish yeah. kind of like harboring themselves on the other side. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, this one like cartoon. It's like, uh, it's from back when um, Parting of the Red Sea, it's some fish on the one, he's stuck on one side. And then it's like, and then he, he's want, he's trying to get to work or something like that. He's like dressed as like a worker, like, it's like a, has like a briefcase and like a hat or something like that. And like, the, it's like a next slide is like, why are you late? You know that guy Moses? He did it again. <laughs> it's like getting bridged or something like that. That's incredible. Getting bridged is a terminology no, that is very unique to the city of city Duluth. Of Duluth. <laughs> if you live on Park Point and you, you don't time you it correctly, you get bridged. Yeah. One thing I love about that too is right after that, it says that John told Peter, it is the Lord. Like he just knew right yeah. after that. Not even because it was a miracle. I feel like just because he was there last time Jesus did it. He said yep. the exact same thing oh, last time. He's like, again. oh, it's Jesus. <laughs> Where have I seen this before? <laughs> Why am I getting some deja vu right now? That would be so funny if they didn't realize still. <laughs> Remember when this happened with, the same thing happened with Jesus? Wait, Wait a, a minute. minute. <laughs> exactly. And then Peter decides to do the only logical thing at this point, And that is to just jump into the sea and swim to shore. And the rest of the disciples are just like, okay, well, I guess we'll just row, row, row our boat. Back, yeah. back to shore like normal people yeah peter is definitely like a a boneheaded person i wonder very i wonder if he thought maybe it's jesus again maybe i'll be able to walk to the shore <laughs> yeah. he starts trying to walk and he falls. Falls. <laughs> i guess i gotta to swim. swim i meant to i meant, I meant to. to swim <laughs> hey, last I time think... it worked that way <laughs> but i think there's also like we're poking fun at it but i think there's also something something there too of mm-hmm. like well why does Peter jump into jump into the boat and uh, 
doesn't jump into the boat, jump into the <laughs> sea. Um, I've always thought of it as, you know, Peter kind of being really eager and like not wanting to wait until the boat reaches shore. But I don't know. I feel like a boat can travel faster than a person can swim. But then again, it also says that they were only like a hundred yards out yeah. from shore. So like, I don't know. Yeah. You have to do a kickoff returns length swim. It's not too bad. <laughs> no, one, one thing too, that kind of going back to um, what we had said earlier about kind of like repeated history in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one thing we'll see going forward in this is Jesus making it kind of hard on Peter because he definitely is kind of rubbing it in his face in a sense of like, you, you betrayed me and not in like a, an antagonistic way, but um, yeah, just one example that I had read. um, That's, that's really cool that we'll see. It's actually verse nine. It says when they got on land, they saw a charcoal fire there. And the footnote said something that was so interesting to me. It said the only other time that a charcoal fire is mentioned in the Bible is the charcoal fire that Peter was near when he denied Ooh. Jesus. Whoa. Yikes. <laughs> That's actually really interesting. Yeah. That's the... yeah but... Jesus had to have thought about that before yeah. he made it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, kind of what you were saying, I was going to add, like, it's not like in an antagonistic way like we also have disagreements with our friends and sometimes we just have to call those out for what they are and i think that's what jesus is doing here like knowing that when all is said and done he's going to forgive peter um he wants to kind of have this moment with peter where he says i know what you did and i want you to know that it hurt me but i forgive you for it yeah that's actually a really good point because that's one thing I think we do sometimes we do the other thing where it's like you kind of dismiss it and you don't really Mm -hmm. talk about it but imagine if that's what Jesus did when he went to confession like you go to confession bless me father for sin. I've done this and this and this and he's like oh no it's fine yeah Mm -hmm. I mean it would like kind of take away the the meaning of it Mm -hmm. so I think I totally agree with you on it's it's really powerful to be like no you did this thing but that makes his forgiveness all the more powerful Mm mm-hmm yeah, especially admitting that the way that Peter hurt him actually hurt. Um, showing the father's heartbreaking by our sin. Um, because that's the reality that I think sometimes it kind of glosses over when, like, we just think about, well, like, falling into sin. When I do this, it's going to feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not thinking about the father's heartbreaking when we do that. Yeah, because sins are a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You always hear it, your sin isn't private it will mm-hmm. always hurt someone and much of the time it's you but even more of the time it's god mm-hmm. and then we see that uh jesus tells the disciples who at the time as soon as they realized who he was they didn't even dare to ask who are you because they realized oh it is jesus or our lord and uh and then jesus invites them to come over to the charcoal fire and have breakfast of the fish and bread and all that when I was in Israel, Father Mike gave us a reflection while we were um, just kind of uh, scattered throughout the the grounds of this church um, because it has a church and then it has like this um, section that's on the shore and we kind of like scattered throughout and then we had like the little tour guide earpieces and he had the mic and he was just giving his reflection into the mic. And I remember him talking about this specific section, uh, verse 11, 
where Jesus says, well, bring me some of the fish. And then Peter, like, running over and getting the net of fish and just, like, dragging it to shore and still, like, dripping wet because he just got out of the sea. And just kind of, like, kind of how we were talking about earlier, Peter kind of doing this, like, really weird boneheaded mood moves <laughs> yeah. throughout this. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of shows his, um, kind of his discomfort with the situation of, like, being around this person that he hurt and shows this um, necessity for forgiveness too. Yeah, for sure. I think too, it's just very characteristic of Peter to do boneheaded things. That's one thing I've always loved about him. I guess kind of as a tangent, he is the saint I chose for my confirmation. And that's, that's actually why. It's because <laughs> there's something about Peter that's just so human. Mm-hmm. I think there are some saints where they're just so clearly very close to the Lord, very holy, where it's like, I don't see myself in that. Like Padre Pio. I was just going to say, yeah, like Padre Pio or St. Therese, where it's like, I am nothing like that, (laughs) you know, but St. Peter is just so great because he does stuff like this. Mm -hmm. He's very, he's a simple man from at least the way I, I read the scriptures. It's like, he just, he loves fishing and he's very into what he does. He's a very passionate man. Mm -hmm. And so, when he encounters Jesus, his passion goes right to him. And when Jesus asks him to drag over the net of fish, he goes and does it, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he, I think there's a lot of humanity in Peter, and that's really something that we see right here when when he needs to encounter Jesus' forgiveness, um, and he needs to be reconciled with him. Um, if that's cool, that we can dive into that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fun, fun fact, me and Nathan were actually confirmed together. Yeah. We didn't know each other back then, but we did, but we were confirmed together. Nathan Sr. and Nathan Jr. Yo, that was the weirdest thing, because this was, I was going through pictures on my phone one day. I don't know how I have this on my phone, but I have a picture of us confirmed together. Yeah. I was like, I sent it over to you. I'm like, Nate, look at this. We say, I think you sent it in our old Exodus 90 group chat because John Paul was in there too. Because yeah, yeah. we didn't, and like, I knew John Paul at the time, but Nathan didn't. No. And then we all became good friends last year once we all got to college, and it was just, it was hilarious. It's so weird. That. Like, I, I technically knew you guys, but I didn't realize yeah. I knew you. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, so you were going to transition us. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is really, to me, the, the real heart of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it, it's exactly what you're talking about, Juan. Jesus is making it very explicit what is happening. Um, and he asks um, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he asks that three times. And I think, you know, clearly the number three is very apparent here, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that's how many times Peter denied Jesus. He's, he's mm-hmm. making up for each denial with each forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a... A beautiful way of putting it because first of all he, he acknowledges Peter as Simon mm-hmm. which really jumps out to me I don't know if that jumped out to you guys where it's like again you're right back to where you began in yeah. a sense you're you're back in your old ways like I need you to be Peter the rock mm-hmm. you know the the foundation of the church that I have built mm-hmm. yeah I had I actually hadn't realized that he was called I didn't yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think to like process like that I just it kind of just glossed over kind of mm-hmm. like thinking like, oh, okay, yeah, that's his name. I'm not going to, it didn't stick out to me for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. And even son of John too, where it's yeah. like, that's where he met. He met Peter when he was with his dad, yeah. John, yep. like mm-hmm. in a boat fishing. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the thing that that really gets me about this is that Peter is confronted with the fact that he doesn't love Jesus as much as he thought he did. Mm-hmm. And that's something that strikes my heart and I'm sure strikes the heart of many of us where we get to certain points in our spiritual life where God allows us to be humbled. And it's mm-hmm. like before that going in, we'll be like, oh yeah, Lord, I'm so on fire. I'm so faithful. Mm-hmm. I'm so holy. And you can start getting in that prideful mentality and he allows you to be humbled. He humbles your heart and you realize, Lord, I was, I, I don't love you. And I mm-hmm. like not nearly as much as I should. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's really where Peter's at right now is he, you could even say he's at a point where he's despairing, where he's like, yeah. And you know. even, even that is revealed in the original Greek because Jesus asks like, Simon, son of John, do you love me? But the Greek word there that he uses for love is agape, which is um, selfless love. Mm. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. But that word is philia, which is more of like a brotherly love that's not as strong as agape. Yeah. It's quite interesting how like the, it, they, it's the differences kind of and stuff like that. Like Jesus doesn't intend it to be that way, but it, mm-hmm. the way Peter responds, it is Mm-hmm. Like changing up, like the way that they're answering each other, and that's why Jesus can, I guess, continually asks because mm-hmm. he's not giving them the answer completely as what he wants. Yeah, yeah. I think with that too is sometimes you can read that like knowing the Greek behind it of being like, oh, Peter just doesn't really he's his both of his feet aren't on one side of the fence, right? He's kind of straddling the fence. Yeah. But you could even look at that as kind of like a again, he's kind of confronting his weakness and being like, mm-hmm. no, like. Lord, I don't agape you. I want mm-hmm. to so bad, but exactly, I only yeah. filia you. Like, I only love you as a brother. Do you not see what I just did? Yeah. And, like, the beauty of it is Peter knows exactly where he is, and Jesus knows exactly where Peter is. And, you know, he isn't asking, like, do you agape um, as, a, as, like, a condescending way. He's just saying, like, this is how I want you to love me. And when Peter says, yes, Lord, I filia you, Jesus doesn't say, well, okay, whatever. He doesn't cast Peter aside and be like, okay, well, there goes that plan. John, your name is now Peter. (laughs) You are now the rock of my church. Peter too. He says, he says, feed my lambs, tend my Mm. sheep. He still says that even though Peter says, I feel you. Because I think in this section, Jesus isn't necessarily looking for, like, he he wants agape, of course. Mm -hmm. But more than that, he just wants a starting point with Peter. Um, He wants to meet Peter where he's at, knowing, um, you know, this is kind of getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but like knowing that um, at the end of Peter's life, he is going to get to this point of agape with his martyrdom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because you talk about Jesus meeting Peter where he's at. The the interesting thing is the third time Jesus asks him, do you love me? That's philia. That is not agape. Mm -hmm. So he says, do you philia me? And Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And that he hadn't said that the other two yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know all things. It's just so interesting. I was like, you got it. You're right on the mark. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at. Um, I, I just want to pause there for a second because I think there's there's something that is a really good thing to meditate on there where Jesus is asking us, do you love me more than these? Mm-hmm. Because there is so much right there. What are What is these? It can be so many mm-hmm. things. Um, for Peter... I mean, I think the implication there is kind of going back to at the Last Supper when Peter said, 
Lord, if all others fall away, I will still be there. That's paraphrasing, but like, yeah. um, like I'll still be by your side. I'll, I will die and be crucified with you if I have to, but even if everyone else falls away, I won't. And I think that's, that's the evident part with Peter, but there's, there's so much there for us too. Of like, mm-hmm. what is these in my life? What, what do I love more than God? Cause there's plenty of times, right? Like Peter, I say, Lord, I love you more than anything. And then by my actions, I, I show God, it's like, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've also heard that line more than these be interpreted as, um, do you love me more than these other disciples who are here with us right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Am I more important? You know, like, am I more important to you than these others and stuff? Yeah. Or even, um, do you love me more than they love me? Oh, and I think yeah, that really true. puts in into context that this like last section, um, and like not to get ahead of ourselves either, but like this last section when Peter turns around and sees John sitting there, John who um, at the Last Supper leaned his head against Jesus' chest and like tried to comfort him when Jesus was talking about someone betraying him, John who uh, stood by Jesus the whole way through the Passion and who in his gospel refers to as refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, how Peter looks back at John and is like, what about him? Like, yeah, I, I love you, but like, I can tell he loves you more. And, um, Jesus kind of like saying, put that aside. Like, yes, there are kind of what we were talking about before with Padre Pio and St. Therese. Like there are going to be these people that have a very outward faith that like you look at and you're like, dang, they are so much, um, in a better relationship with me, mm. with, uh, sorry, we're in a, so much in a better relationship with the Lord. Um, and it seems like the Lord loves them more, but like, you know, it, that's not true. And like, we fall into that trap of comparison so often. Um, and what Jesus really wants us to get at is, uh, do you love me? Um, yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think too, with that, how many times have, I done that in my life and maybe this is something that you guys have encountered too where especially I believe we were all cradle Catholics here <laughs> we we grew up in especially going through elementary school middle school high school you look around and most of us were surrounded by Catholics who kind of more lukewarm and yeah we were just like there's such a temptation there to be like I, I love God more than you do you know those mm-hmm. kind of thoughts come in your head of like I'm more devout than you are and you let that fester and then you fall. Mm-hmm. You fall into some sin and you're encountered with that. And Jesus is looking at you saying, do you love me more than these? Like they, maybe they aren't practicing their faith as much as you, but that ultimately one, like you're saying, that's not the important part. Mm-hmm. Our relationship with God, uh, a big part of it is that it's personal, it's individual. Mm-hmm. And so it, that it takes different faces for each person it it looks different for each person Mm. um and i think many times we're tempted to compare ourselves our strengths with the weaknesses of others but Mm -hmm. really that's not like what you're getting at that's really not what it's about it's do you love me period Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you just bring up the um, whole entire comparison thing um that brings me back to one of father father mike last last year part of his um homily series he had to compare a sin 
was S I N was for the was his, I can't remember how many parts it was probably like four or five mm-hmm. but like one of the one of the quotes that he constantly went back to was a quote from Teddy Roosevelt that was comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm. and I really mm-hmm. really like that's always stuck with me because it's like wow okay yeah like the com- simple comparison between ourselves or any situation and stuff like that with others whether it be like what Nathan was saying with oh I feel like I I love Jesus more than you and sort of Mm -hmm. different things like that like how that takes away from our joy in life and how it's like it's something that just fills us up in a different way that we don't that Jesus didn't intend it to be Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that whole homily series was really 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 good because Mm. you know um I know I'm not alone in saying this, that comparison is something that I struggle with a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was really good to, yeah, reflect on how comparison just really um, takes away our joy. Yeah, and it it also makes us, in many cases, not look at our own failures. There's definitely times where you're comparing how great other people are to yourself, but ultimately Mm -hmm. it's, Lord, I need to be comparing myself to who you want me to be, Mm -hmm. not who you want other people to be. And that's where where God confronts us. That's how he confronted Peter. He didn't go up to Peter and say, you didn't love me as much as Thomas or as much as, yeah. as Andrew, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you didn't love me as much as I called you to love me. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't uh, say like, well, you didn't love me as much as, you know, going back to John, like you didn't love me as much as John because you weren't there at my crucifixion. So now John is going to be the rock. That's not what Jesus says. Je- Jesus says, you didn't love me the way that I called you specifically mm. to love me, but that doesn't change your mission in any way. That doesn't, that um, wounds our relationship, yes, but it doesn't completely break our relationship. I still love you, and I'm still calling you to this. Yeah, and even with that too, you were saying that it's not like he would have made John the Pope effectively, right? Of yeah. giving him that responsibility. It's interesting because he says, um, feed my lambs, tend my yeah. sheep, feed my sheep. He's giving him more responsibility there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's not just saying that it's like some some weird parable, you know. He's actually saying like, "No, feed my sheep. You are the head of well, under me, you're the head of the church, mm-hmm. and I am giving you the responsibility of my sheep because I am the good shepherd." Yeah. You know. Exactly. Like he like he also changes up how he says it. The first time it's "feed my lambs," second time it's "tend my sheep," and then the final is "feed my sheep." How he he changes it up in different like the way he's phrasing it. But it's continually the same message, which is Peter too. Like I'm giving you the power, I guess, in a way you could say, um, to like feed my sheep, to bring about the church in uh, any the ways I can't here anymore on the earth and stuff. And how weird that must have been for Peter too, mm-hmm. um, because you know what we were talking about before, just kind of like being afraid of encountering Jesus again after the the denial and the resurrection. You know, we kind of see that evidence by his actions of jumping into the sea, uh, pulling the net on shore, just like kind of rushing. You, you know how when you make someone upset and you're like kind of trying to overcompensate, mm. um, like, you know, someone's upset. So you make them cookies and you're like, here you <laughs> yeah. go. I know I kind of screwed up there. You, you know, I feel like that's kind of what Peter's doing here. Sort of. He's like trying to overcompensate for what he did um, and how Jesus is still saying, well, even with all that you did, I'm so forgiving you. Yeah, absolutely. And like how, how worried Peter was going into this conversation and then how Jesus completely flips that around. It's like, well, you really had nothing to worry about here. 
you're still my friend. I still love you. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing too, because a lot of the time we want to hide from God after we sin. But one thing that just came to mind is St. Paul's quote about where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Mm -hmm. Um, When we sin, we should be running right to God Mm -hmm. because that's where the grace is, right? That's, Mm -hmm. That's the abundance of grace. God is with us right there. He wants to forgive us. And that should be a source of peace to us and a source of hope mm-hmm. and not something we, we hide from in despair, which you could say maybe was something Peter was doing in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like almost in that overcompensation, he was trying to, in a sense, forgive himself. And then here is Jesus um, giving him that forgiveness that Peter would never be able to give himself. Like we see that too um, in the sacrament of confession. Mm. where um, we try to fix that on our own and so often we avoid the sacrament but ultimately we're never going to be able to forgive ourselves we need to go to the sacrament to actually receive that forgiveness yeah which is such an interesting idea too because it's a source of pride to try to do god's work for him if that makes sense Mm -hmm. peter had to be humbled here and say i can't do it lord you know Mm-hmm. You saw what I tried to do when I tried to do things by my own will and by my own strength. I denied you and mm-hmm. I need your grace. And even still here, I can't forgive myself. Mm-hmm. You're the one who has to forgive me and I have to be small. I have to be little like St. Therese says. I just have to accept that you're the one who's going to to make me strong. Mm-hmm. Which I think actually segues really good into the next section of this because Mm -hmm. this is not just a passage of despair and or even necessarily just forgiveness there's it's a a passage of hope because what does jesus say here he says you right now you're young you put what was it you put your robe on and your Mm -hmm. your shoes on and um lead yourself where you want to go but one day you'll be old and others mm-hmm. will dress you and lead you to a place you do not want to go. Mm-hmm. And they even say this. That's indicating that St. Peter will be crucified for his martyrdom. And, well, what does that mean? It means the agape loves Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. By the time he is to die, he'll be at that point. And so this is such a message of hope because Peter right now, the way I, I commonly view it and interpret it is he's defeated right here. He's like, no, Lord. I only filial love you. I only love you as a brother. I don't love Mm -hmm. you as much as I should. And Jesus is saying, don't worry, you will. Mm -hmm. I will be the one to get you to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the beautiful, the most beautiful part about this, for me, this whole section is the very end of that speech of like, someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Um, Jesus just very simply says two words, follow me. Like, that's all he says. Um, and it, it just gives, like you were saying, so much hope and so much joy because it's in spite of everything that you think may have gone, quote unquote, wrong over these past three years. You know, that time that we were on the Sea of Galilee and I told you to walk out and you looked at the waves and you sank. Um, that time that I said, get behind me, Satan, to you. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, all these all these situations that you think you may have come up short I'm still going to say this, the same thing that I told you when we first met. Follow me. Yeah. 
and again, it's it's kind of that repeated history. It's it's Jesus going back, just saying like Peter, you're back at the beginning. But in a in a different way, you could even view this as a new beginning. Maybe mm-hmm. not you're back at the beginning. Maybe this whole passage can be viewed as a new beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Follow me. Yes, I said that to you once before, but just like every time you go into confession and your sins are forgiven, it's a new beginning. Yeah. Come yeah. follow me. Yeah. Just like how we were saying, how kind of it is like the whole entire part of Jesus coming to him on the sea. It's again like a restart of everything from when they first met. Again, him fall, ending with like follow me, just like mm-hmm. how we did originally when they first got together, like met at the Sea of Galilee and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like coming full circle in a way, I guess you could say. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is you flip the page and you get you're in Acts of the Apostles <laughs> where you see Peter just completely changing the world. Um, you know, <laughs> all, right away in chapter two of the Acts of the Apostles, we have this huge speech that we um, analyzed with Aiden a few weeks ago. Again, plugging our own podcast. <laughs> that was a great episode, um, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I we paid him to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah how it's this kind of new beginning um with like once we start acts of the apostles peter is on fire agape loving jesus yeah Mm. exactly yeah well uh this has been really great conversation thank you for coming on nathan this was awesome yeah thank you so Mm. much for having me yeah you may have noticed that we have new cover art, so huge thank you to Al Hessian for making that for us. If you're a fan of The Main Scoop, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the.mainscoop, and like us on Facebook at The Main Scoop. In the words of St. Lawrence, I'm done on this side. And I'm done on this side. I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this has been The, the Main, Main Scoop. Scoop. Thanks for listening. God, God bless. bless.